And hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. On today's show, we're going to talk truth about mass psychosis lunacy, black conservative banished, mass psychosis lunacy, Patriot Mobile and Grapevine Police, DOJ defying congressional investigations, what's next, and real Russia collusion by the FBI. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I use this expression actually for the first two segments of today's show, mass psychosis lunacy. And you may remember that term mass psychosis. It was being used by uh, numerous people, uh, doctors, writing about the impact on America of the COVID fear-mongering that came out of the federal government and uh, just froze people in fear, uh, overreacting, concerned, uh, accepting you know, submission and fear, and it was intentional. It was, it was this concept that there is an effort sometimes to impact public thought, public viewpoints on a variety of issues to the point that it's like a psychosis. You believe in something and you're so locked on it that you cannot think outside of it, you can't reason, you kind of lose your capacity to reason. So the reason I want uh, to call that this, uh, that first segment this is, I'll tell you a quick story and then tell you why I said mass psychosis. So uh, there is a, um, a Fox News contributor, he's an author and activist named uh, Gianna Caldwell. And I believe I sent a picture of him to my happy producer, Emilio, if you can show this guy uh, what he looks like. This is a, so he's, um, obviously he's a black American. His name is Gianna Caldwell, Fox News contributor. He's also an author. Um, and he wrote about essentially his views uh, regarding criminal justice. And in short, uh, the book he wrote was Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans, Liberalism Failed. But the short story is that he uh, grew up in South Chicago and his brother was murdered. His teenage brother was murdered in a, a crossfire shot. Didn't have anything to do with the brother being involved in, in any wrongdoing, but in, in um, a random gunfire uh, was killed. And so he, John Caldwell, decided to become an activist about enforcing criminal justice, to be outspoken about criminal justice. He's testified in Congress and legislatures around the country, you know, basically uh, pushing back against this left-wing notion that the answer to crime is to just decriminalize things or reduce sentences or in, in some other way, you know, refuse to prosecute. And he's speaking up for, the, for innocent Americans who are the victims of crime. So that's his cause. Uh, he's been on Fox many times, as I said, um, and he's been speaking out about criminal justice. Well, so that's his thing. He was down in Florida uh, and met some at a restaurant. And um, the restaurant was called, it's kind of like the word paradise, except no E on the end, paradise, books and bread. So he went there, met some friends. He's down in Florida. This is, I think it was North Miami. Yeah, North Miami restaurant, sitting there with his friends talking. The owner of the restaurant came over 
and kicked him out, told him he had to leave and said, it was a woman owner. She said, I'm one of the owners. You have to leave. And the reason, at least she had the, you know, shred of decency to be honest about her thinking because uh, we disagree with your politics. I don't like your politics. So she's a left wing business owner kicking out a black American in a restaurant uh, because they're talking about the policies they believe in. The other thing that was interesting in this story, there was no one else in the restaurant. It wasn't like other customers were disturbed, other customers were complaining. This is just the restaurant owner and her uh, left-wing self-importance, uh, self-righteous, self-appointed superiority deciding no one who disagrees with my politics is allowed to eat in my restaurant. I mean, it's an absurd situation, especially when you consider that United States uh, went through the entire civil rights movement to end the idea that a white business owner would kick out a black out of a restaurant. I mean, you can kick someone out if they're, you know, in a food fight or, you know, whatever they're doing, behaving badly. These people were sitting there talking and got kicked out. And I want to kick off today's show by telling you that story, uh, both because I hope he sues her. I don't know if he will. He's certainly talked about it on the media. I mean, he's talked about the incident. But I want to plant the seed for talking about the idea that what's happening in this country, the ideology that says leftists are right about everything, left-wing views are the only ones permissible, that there, there has uh, this psychosis. I mean, literally, it's like you're mentally ill because you think the only way it's permissible to think about any issue is the way the leftist thinks. And so the leftists, you know, their, their ideas and all sorts of topics, which not just conservative Americans, but just mainstream, main street, apple pie Americans, main street Americans would think. But if those main street Americans believe something inconsistent with what the left thinks, the left is, feels completely justified in mistreating you mis and, and just, you know, uh, treating you like you're a criminal, like you're out of line. And it's not just being kicked out of a restaurant, but this is what's happening to the American political conversation. In this country, we now have, as I mentioned in the show yesterday, Dr. Ryan Cole, prominent, preeminent physician, being threatened with having his medical license pulled by the state of Washington because he says things about the COVID vaccines that are backed up by mountains of data. But the left-wing ruling psychosis uh, creators have decided you can't criticize the vaccines. The facts don't matter. It doesn't matter what the data show. It doesn't matter what you've experienced in your practice. He's being threatened with losing his medical license because he says things that the left-wing ruling class has decided you can't talk about. You can't say it, even when you're a doctor who specializes in, who treats people for these kinds of uh, issues, COVID and other issues. He's actually a doctor who has in his entire medical practice not had one patient complain about the care. That's pretty great, not had one patient. And yet, where we are today, he's threatened with losing his license because he's violating what the left wing in, uh, in this country has decided is the only view you're allowed to have. It relates to COVID, the COVID vaccines and COVID treatments. It relates to political and, and obviously in this case, crime. The decision that someone who is not in, doesn't march lockstep with what left-wing worldview says shouldn't be allowed to eat in a public restaurant. Now, this isn't the government kicking this young man, this Jano Caldwell, out of the restaurant. But even worse, 
This is this attitude of uh, moral superiority, intolerance for any views except your own, has permeated outside of government, it's bad enough there, into the private sector, into some restaurant owner thinking, oh yeah, I'm allowed to kick you out because you don't agree with me. And it's really become dangerous in this country because as we've talked about on the show, all sorts of people deeply concerned about the COVID vaccines, about other treatments available to help people suffering from COVID symptoms, they're viewed as unacceptable to talk about. Other topics with the left has laid out this mass lunacy psychosis have to do with how you talk about election fraud. In fact, in many circles, it even, and I'll tell you, even within conservative circles, you can hear people who are you know, alleged leaders, alleged Republican, uh, you know, spokespersons and, and or conservative spokespersons, they will proudly go on and on about the importance of low taxes and free markets and limited government. But you get to election fraud, and it's kind of a topic that the left has contorted into one of those things you're not supposed to talk about. You kind of whisper, like Joe Biden always does, whisper, say, well, we don't really talk about that. So you can't talk about election fraud, despite the mounting evidence, new evidence out of Arizona, which I won't get to today, but new evidence out of Arizona that on, on, I can't remember, thousands of ballots were counted that had no basis to be counted. Signatures didn't match, no basis to be counted, but they were. But in polite company, you don't talk about election fraud. You can't talk about that. Getting to be in that category is climate change. You are not, in many circles in America, permitted to doubt or question in any degree climate, say, climate science or alleged climate science gospel truth. You have John Kerry, others over at last week at World Economic Forum and other conferences talking about climate change, and you can't talk about that. You can't question it. You can't say, well, actually, the majority of scientists don't agree with it. And actually, the whole thing that Barack Obama made up out of thin air, that whatever it was, 77% or 91%, whatever the numbers he claimed, uh, were uh, you know people who, uh, scientists who agree with climate change, which was a complete fabrication, a total lie, and yet, for climate change, it's another one of those topics you can't talk about. And the left will be adding more and more and more topics to the because this is part of the left-wing cultural Marxist takedown of America. It's part of the ideology that says we decide what may be said, what may be thought, what may be spoken anywhere. And until people begin and get brave enough to push back, they'll continue to win these battles. They'll win these battles because they have changed the acceptable conversation in America. So, so back to Gianni, Gianni Caldwell. I certainly hope he considers suing this lady. I think the, the other thing that should happen, if you want to be an activist and you're in Miami, do not go to P-A-R-A-D-I-S. Maybe she just can't spell paradise. Paradise Books and Bread. Um, because they're saying that people who hold views like a vast majority of Americans do on many topics, most certainly with respect to criminal justice, aren't welcome in, her, in their restaurant. It's a time when patriots who love freedom, love the freedom of speech, love everything about our founding country, our, our founding ideas of our country, need to speak up and challenge people who say, you're not, that oh, climate change is only one thing to believe, whatever John Kerry said this week, or Al Gore said this week, only one thing you're allowed to believe about voter integrity, and that is the government saying we had the most secure election in American history, even though it's a farce, it's been, it's been utterly debunked, but yet you have the controlling forces in this country, at least controlling some aspect of the country, having our country suffering under the mass psychological lunacy 
the psychosis lunacy, mass lunacy that says whatever the left says is all you're allowed to say or else you'll be in trouble. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, so I tell you, this is a, um, uh, it's going to be a very fun show today. Um, I was going to throw in the story and I didn't uh, get to it, but I'll just tell you quickly, you know, the M&M's company, the, um, the uh, Mars Candy Company, they tried to go all woke. Um, regarding their um, M&Ms and how they, it was actually how the characters on the M&Ms uh, packages, they were trying to, um, you know, not have them be so obviously, um, you know, male or female. And they tried to, they went, went all woke gender lunacy on their M&Ms. And the great thing was they got such pushback, such pushback from the American people. They've now said, okay, never mind, never mind. We take it all back. We're not going to do that. So it does help to push back. It helps to push back. Even M&M's had to say, issue an apology. Okay, fine. We're, we're going to back off on our woke M&M stuff. But it does take people being active. And these conversations do matter. You can think, you might be thinking, listening to this, well, what do I care? You know, so some company thinks, you know, X and not Y. And some company won't tolerate people. It matters. It changes all of America. It changes all of America when we begin to accept and agree with what leftist ideology is the only ideology that's allowed to be spoken and written and heard and spread around because it's only conservative, patriotic, America-loving ideas that are being shut down by cultural Marxism in this country. Only those ideas. Which segues well into my next story. Um, I also call this one mass psychosis lunacy. And I touched on this story briefly um, last week. I'm going to just remind you what the facts were. So um, very near Dallas, there's a town called Grapevine. And Grapevine is actually pretty popular. They have a lake out there. They have fun shopping areas. It's a pretty cool area. And so, and Grapevine happens to be the area where a company named Patriot Mobile is headquartered. And so Patriot Mobile, I'm going to talk about them more in a moment, but Patriot Mobile is big into the idea that they use their, um, they make their donations or corporate donations to causes conservatives would care about. They call themselves a Christian conservative uh, cell phone provider, and that's what they do. And so they make donations to uh, veterans groups, uh, to groups to support the police, uh, groups to support the um, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, uh, Second Amendment. They make their donations to causes that, that patriots and the left wing, people on the, on the conservative and the right agree with. They don't make donations to leftist causes. So they made a, a donation, a little donation, a $1,500 gift certificate to a pizza place to the Grapevine Police Department. So they give this donation on January 12th, and they basically just said, you know, this is the opportunity for the police department to send out, get a bunch of pizzas, and just kind of, you know, have a, uh, you know, celebration at the uh, at Patriot Mobile's cost and have a pizza party. There was a and actually a um, tweet put up by the Grapevine Police showing this, uh, this and thanking Patriot Mobile. So there it's up on your screen. It says, for our radio listeners, it says, sincere thanks to our friends at Patriot Mobile. We are blessed to have their support and encouragement. Today, they presented us with a certificate to host a pizza party for our staff. We are grateful for the opportunity to have a fun and relaxing meal together as a team. So the picture on the tweet is uh, leaders of the Grapevine Police Department, as well as a few officials from the Patriot Mobile phone company. Okay, so I'll tell you a little bit more about Patriot Mobile. In addition to the donations I described, they also made donations and, and right in their community, uh, they're involved in the effort to change out the composition of school boards. And they basically looked at school boards and said, you know, we they were trying to stop 
the expansion of critical race theory being taught in public schools, as well as the expansion of the you know transgender grooming um, episode, transgender grooming mission, the agenda that's going on in public schools all around this country. And so they sought to find people running for school board who would back more to act like actual education, teaching kids actual education, not critical race theory, and not transgender grooming. And so they found people and they were very successful. They put money behind candidates who were running and they also did an ad campaign really just exposing to the people who live in that area, who have the a potential to vote for the um, independent school district board members, telling them, do you realize what's being taught in the schools? Do you realize that they are pushing transgenderism? Do you realize they're pushing critical race theory? And critical race theory was best encapsulated. I mean, we, we've done whole shows about critical race theory. I thought it was a great summary that uh, Florida Governor DeSantis did um, about critical race theory. He said, we're going to stop teaching children in Florida to hate each other based on skin color and to divide themselves, to divide America based on skin color. You know, it's ex the whole critical race theory is, in, is utterly designed to divide America into silos by race, by, by skin color, and then pit them against each other. It's all there is to it. All the highfalutin, you know, long doctoral theses written about critical race theory and blathering on and on. All they're really saying is stop thinking of America as a country rooted in the ideas of the Declaration, the Constitution, and think of America as a deeply racist country divided by skin color, filled with racists. I mean, it is, it is the most divisive and intentionally destructive uh, ideology imaginable. So back to this uh, Patriot Mobile. So they funded people running for school boards. And in several cases, the majority of school boards became pro-family, pro the idea of being in favor of families not having their kids, being propagandized at school, dropping critical race theory, getting that out of the curriculum, and getting all the transgender grooming out of the, the um, curriculum. So these are things, I mean, overwhelmingly, the people who, when the voters realized what was being taught in the schools and what the board candidates, the, the ISD board candidates stood for, some of them all in favor of critical race theory, all in, in, in favor of transgender grooming, and the other one's saying, can we just teach the kids like school topics? You know, I mean, things that kids need to learn in school. So the public overwhelmingly supported the, the getting rid of people who are just you know, rooted in critical race theory and the transgender grooming mission. So this happens, so Patriot Mobile gives a little donation to Grapevine Police, well, leftists began speaking up, and the one particular group, I couldn't find their tweet this morning, getting ready for the show, but it was the, the North Texas Democrats, I think was the name of the group, but North Texas Democrats made uh, just a major hissy, had a major hissy about it, in which they were basically saying they were criticizing the Grapevine Police for accepting a gift from an organization that tries to hurt our children. You have to, I mean, this is what I want to talk about, the contortion of rationality, the contortion of thought. So when you try to get transgender grooming out of public schools, you're guilty of hurting our children. When you try to stop this racializing of American society, this siloing of Americans into racial groups, you're guilty of hurting our children. I mean, it's just so absurd. 
but they put pressure along with others. In fact, you know what, Emilio, if you can put that tweet back up, um, you'll see at the bottom, the tweet I was showing you, the picture of them, at the bottom is one of the, uh, I don't know who Rusty Shackelford is, but he says, this is a bad look for Grapevine Police Department, all of Grapevine. This sends a message about how you really feel about bigotry and hatred. Don't you want your citizenry to feel protected? This org does not put that message forward. So this again, a guy, he's actually characterizing Patriot Mobile as a company that is divisive in the community because they're helping the community and the families, the vast majority of those families who want to have the schools put back on track, get rid of the left-wing propaganda that had infiltrated the public schools and restore what the schools are supposed to be doing. And the vast majority of voters in the uh, school districts where they did these uh, races, the vast majority of voters agreed with Patriot Mobile. We actually don't want critical race theory in our schools, and we don't want this transgender grooming, uh, you know, just just evil, pure evil. So what happened when I'm getting around to the point of this story? So, you know, Patriot Mobile is, they, they do a great thing. They give donations to great causes uh, that every, most conservatives, patriots would agree with, um, and they stand up for what they believe in. So they recently, um, officials from that company, there was a big trip down, down to the Texas border over this past weekend, trying to uh, show support for ranchers who are trying to say, can somebody please enforce the southern border? Can someone please stop the, uh, our properties are being overrun, our ranches are overrun, we're in danger in our own homes. They actually, the Patriot Mobile owners, actually go on trips like that. They go down to stand with the people of America saying, we've got to secure the border. They stand up for uh, police. They, they actually support defend, not defund the police. These are people, their views are so mainstream, Main Street, Apple Pie America. And only because the left has had some success in shifting American public thought by in this, this mass psychosis effort that you can get a, a political organization and others trying to say that if you stand up for kids being freed from critical race theory and kids being freed from transgender grooming and drag queen shows in kindergartens, you know, those people, that's what they're standing for and want. And the group trying to free the schools from those, they're the, they're the problem. And when you're a leftist, you know, that's the problem. The other thing, the other accusation, which I'm not going to go into in depth today, um, but I will, I have other times I will again, is some groups started to call the Patriot Mobile a Christian nationalist group. Christian nationalist group. Let me just say this about that. They aren't part of that movement. There is a Christian nationalist effort, um, and I only know a tiny bit about it, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing at all. It's probably a good thing, but it has nothing to do with Patriot Mobile. But the left is just trying to grab at straws, grab at anything they can say to turn public attention and public um, outrage against Patriot Mobile. So they call them Christian nationalists. Now, the short story is, much of what they do is, and Patriot Mobile does, is rooted in their notion of America um, as a, a patriotic country. They are patriots, they love America, and it's rooted in the idea that Christianity, or the Judeo-Christian scriptures, gave the formation and shape, the morality, the founding of America. And those things are pretty much irrefutable facts. When the left doesn't want Judeo-Christian values, to be the rooting of America, the roots in which America grew out of, the founding of America, okay, they can run on that and they can say we want to change that, but they can't deny historical fact. The Supreme Court has acknowledged it. And really, all that many people are saying when they say America is rooted in Judeo-Christian values is that our ideas did not come out of thin air. 
And the ideas, the most core idea I talk about in the show all the time that America was founded on and the Declaration recites is this idea that we are founded on the idea that man, women, all of us have rights from God simply because we're born, as the Declaration recites. We have a creator, we're all equal, we have rights to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and a lot of other things because it's God-given. And this notion of God-given freedom was central to America's founding. And it is utterly antithetical to every Marxist on the planet Earth. The notion that people could start to think they have God-given freedom and maybe they don't really have to do everything the leftist tyranny, uh, you know, tyrannous, the leftist, uh, you know, burgeoning tyrannical movement in this world is trying to do, this frightens the tyranny types. So anyway, back to Patriot Mobile. So Grayfine police issued an apology after these uh, you know, and I'm going to tell you, a minute portion of their community protested, said, you shouldn't have taken a gift from Patriot Mobile. You know, they're really bad guys. You know, they, they're, they're, they're trying to hurt our children, which is so idiotic. But anyway, um, so the Grapevine police apologized. Um, they, they didn't mean to be insensitive to anyone. And they gave the donation, the $1,500 um, pizza gift certificate to somebody else. I don't even know who they gave it to. But I want to make this point in closing out this story. The Grapevine police had many choices they could have made about what they're going to, uh, how they would respond to the, you know, as they say, tiny portion of people who decided to make a massive uh, public, you know, public stunt out of this donation. Patriot Mobile donates money to pro-Second Amendment police organizations, police benevolent, group, benevolent groups, all these groups that many Americans donate to or would like to donate. But Patriot Mobile could have said, we just lost our connection here, I think. What Patriot Mobile could have said is, um, you know, actually, we don't. Um, we we uh, do support every member of our community. Grapevine Police could have said, we support and we protect equally every member of our community. We support the people of Grapevine 100%, all equal, and we welcome and appreciate, um, you know, donations from any group if you'd like to make them. And uh, we, we protect you equally and we don't discriminate and we're not going to discriminate against one group because their political views happen to differ from another group. They could have said we're going to be bigger than that. But what they what they did instead was back down and say, OK, we're terribly, terribly sorry. We'll never do this again. And they apologized. And this is exactly what the left lives for to force sane organizations, sane people. I mean, you assume the grapevine police are composed of sane people. You know, the idea, what, what they accomplished through this is to cause a police department to apologize for accepting a donation from people who support the police. And I'm going to guess all these leftist organizations that, you know, are endlessly about defund police are certainly not going to be helping the police or donating pizza gift certificates. And they're just, there's more of a spine needed by American corporations, by individuals of all kinds to not just give in. I mean, leftism, among many things, it's very fair to say about it, leftism relies on bullying. They bully people. They bully people into accepting what they're trying to say, to make everything that does not precisely agree with whatever their view is, to make it unacceptable to even utter those words. Leftism replies on, uh, relies on bullying. So the question is, Grapevine Police and many others should have said, you know what, you know, whatever your organizations are, you know, we, we will take your donations or you don't have to make a donation. We provide our service uh, to every citizen. We protect every citizen the best of our ability. And we're not going to pick on one group of citizens because some other group doesn't like their politics. They really took sides.
And one last thing about this whole thing about calling up the schools, um, which is just an astonishing thing. When you think about it, in all of American history, for virtually every, every era of American history, since the founding of our country, up until about 10 years ago, if you had said, we are going to have, uh, begin the indoctrination of young children starting in kindergarten to believe that they really can be any gender that they want and that their gender isn't really what their mommy and daddy said, but it's anything we, the left wing, who are, who are pushing gender ideology, which is not scientific, it is not, it is not rooted in truth, we're going to push this. Most of America would say, you can't do that in the public schools. You can't push gender ideology. You can't be talking to kids about they don't really have to be you know, the gender that they were born, they're allowed to change their gender. It's just like changing your, you know, dyeing your hair or something, you know, or uh, wearing a different style of clothes. We, all of us would have recognized as lunacy what now the left tries to say is normal. And parents in the public schools have rightfully been complaining and, and, and loudly complaining, stop saying this to our kids. We don't send our kids to public schools to have you push gender ideology and transgender grooming and you know drag queen shows. They have no role in public schools. That is what you should have ha- we should have had um, and, and should have recognized in part of the pushback of all of what is occurring around this grapevine police and, and Patriot Mobile is, it is the left, the lunatic left that invaded invaded the public schools. They just, it's, it's like an infection. It's like they injected a, you know, a virus into the public schools. And so now they push transgender lunacy for five-year-olds, transgender grooming, let's all watch a drag queen show. They injected this critical race theory, which has is nothing more than a fancy way of saying the left lives to divide and conquer. Leftism as an ideology around the world lives and thrives on dividing populations, dividing them and pitting them against each other, making them jealous of each other and making them hate each other. That's all critical race theory is. It's trying to convince one group of Americans who happen to be black that you are perpetual victims, that everyone who doesn't share your skin color hates you, and to convince white students that you are perpetual perpetrators, you should feel guilty because of the skin color you were born with, even though, of course, you had no choice over this. This is what critical race theory does. It is intended to permanently divide America. And yet these people who pushed all that in public schools, they're now complaining that the groups that try to restore sanity to the public schools are the ones who are hurting our children. The ones who are really bad must be called out. I mean, people, there's, I was going to make this point many times over the next, I don't know how long, but there's so many things that leftism is doing to this world, culture Marxism, leftism is doing to this world that we have to stop the sane Americans, sane, I'm not, I don't know who the far right considers themselves to be or who the left would say is far right, sane, mainstream, main street, apple pie Americans, we have to stop playing pretend with the left's lunacy. We don't have to have and, and have endless debates about whether or not it's a really good idea to tell children at any age, you can choose your gender, just like you choose your skin color. Just like, or just like you choose your hair color, just like you choose your, you know, political parts, like you choose your clothing, just like you choose your taste in music. We have schools teaching children that your biology isn't real. So for people who understand there are actually only two genders, 
and you that you are your only sexes you're born as a male or a female and that is what life is and that's what you are we have to stop pretending that we need to have a long drawn out debate with the 57 gender um, ideology gender ideology transgender grooming crowd we don't have to have the debate we just have to speak truth speak truth which is there are boys and there are girls and there are men there are women and that's what life is that's a different question when you're a grown adult. If you want to change your gender, I guess, you know, that's an issue for a different day. But we let lunacy invade our public schools and got to the point where the parents were kept out of the discussion. Stories just burst out every day about parents suddenly discovering that their little boy or little girl they sent to public schools, trusting those schools, was actually in the process of changing gender because the teacher and the school system told them they could. And the idea that it's the left that's pushing that, that is now mocking Patriot Mobile because they helped elect people, overwhelmingly elect people to the school boards to drive that kind of lunacy out of the public schools. So, okay, I can do more on that topic, but I, I just think it's amazing when we have, see this mass psychosis happening, we have to call it out and, and don't play it again. Don't play at their level. Just, just don't play at their level. Okay. Um, before I um, do the next topic, I want to show you two quick things. I love sharing things like this uh, with my happy listeners. This is not political at all. Well, it's kind of political, but uh, Mr. Emilio, I sent you a graphic. It's number two. It's a graphic for an app and it's called Public Square. And the look of it, it looks just like that. And when you go onto the, um, in your, um, Apple Store, your app store, um, you can go in and buy this. It says uh, Pub, I think it's called Public SQ2 is the name of it when you're in um, at the app store. But it is an app that my husband happened to hear about. We downloaded and what it does, coolest thing, thing ever, is it, you, you click on it, you can click my location and then you can click restaurants, hair salons. It basically, if you're interested in trying to go local more, as, as opposed to national brands, and also find people in your local community who are on the same page as you with respect to very, very important things, you can go there and do that. So we just tried a restaurant for the first time, but anyway, find localities, you can find all sorts of businesses and kind of a fun way to support, especially your local businesses that you want to support and people who agree with you. Okay, so um, I'm going to hit my next story I was going to do is the um, DOJ defined congressional investigations and where do we go from here? I think I sent, we, I, I shortened the title, where do we go from here? But I'm going to just tell you very quickly, I think you likely know what's happening. But before I do that, I want to quickly remind you of something. So back in 1975, people in America got concerned about the power of the national security agencies. Like how much power do these people have? And again, remembering America is a democratic republic. We have three branches of government. So we have, you know, the legislative, the members of Congress, U.S. House, U.S. Senate, we elect them. We have the executive, which is the headed by the president at the federal level, and all these behemoth agencies under the uh, executive branch. And then we have judicial, of course, the courts. And so part of what happened in 1975, amazingly, it was a Democrat who headed this up, uh, Frank Church of Idaho, but they actually did it. They had a Senate Select Committee to study governmental operations with respect to intelligence activities. And they found an enormous, they, they just, I mean, and you can imagine, even back then, you know, the intelligence agencies 
didn't have a lot of interest in sharing what they were doing, what they're all about uh, with the federal government. But the Senate got firm, said, you know what, we're going to have this. And much, much was uncovered um, that people had no idea was occurring. And um, in fact, it began to be called the Year of Intelligence. There was a House counterpart, the Pike Committee. Um, and basically, but the U.S. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence uh, did a bunch of looking and subpoenaing and getting people in front of them and saying, what the heck are you guys doing? And they uncovered things that were truly amazing. Um, Operation um, McCultra, M-K-U-L-T-R-A, uh, which basically was involving, unbeknownst to most people, drugging and torture of unwitting U.S. citizens as part of human experimentation on mind control. Your federal intelligence agencies uh, were doing that to people. Um, uh, I can't remember try to pronounce the way that, oh, they did this, but surveillance and infiltration of American political and civil rights organizations. And I just want to step back before I dive into what's happening right now in Congress. You know, that old concept about, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And it could, ne it's never more true, never more true um, than, than in the region um, of, um, in the range of the um, federal bureaucracies. And that's because they're unelected, you can't vote them out. Most of what they do is not transparent. You don't know what they're doing. And so, you know, this occurred and the church committee was considered just a, you know, just kind of shining light in America because we expose what's really happening. So right now, um, and, and, you know, you have these agencies and they have people who stay in the agencies for decades. There are no term limits. So they get there, they move up in the agencies and the more they are, as, as happens in Congress too, you think that leaders emerge, but actually, uh, especially on the left, but actually what happens is the people who never rock the boat are often the ones who move up in leadership. Many exceptions, including Jim Jordan. But at the agencies, they begin projects, they have an agenda, they have top leadership, even though a new president comes along and, and he or she can pick the head of any agency, that agency head has beneath um, him or her a large number of people who are, you know, the top leaders and another layer of bureaucrats below that, another layer of bureaucrats. And a lot of those people stay there forever. So they ride it out if they're in the administration. They are not politically aligned with the White House. They are all, you know, hung, you know, gung -hung. And their power builds and, their, and practices build and past information is kept forever. And they just continue to grow in power and worse, really, in ego with a sense of the right to do what they do. And no silly new president is going to come along and tell us to stop. It was one of Ronald Reagan's complaints back in his era that you can change the head of an agency. But what are you going to do when you cannot change um, you cannot change the uh, content um, of the leadership, what the leadership thinks about anything? And so we have um, this. Uh, so what's happened now is Republicans have a slim majority and uh, Jim Jordan, who is truly one of the heroes of the U.S. House, uh, one of the first things they did, uh, they passed a House resolution. And I want to tell you that I understand that politics can be so ugly and it can seem like everything that happens in Washington, oh, it's just all a power play. And the only reasons Republicans are doing this is because Democrats did this and that's all tit for tat. It's all power play or it's all for the media. It's all showmanship. But I actually, I want to, I truly want to disabuse you of thinking that. I think that there are honorable people in the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate. It might be a short list. I'm not saying every Republican, I'm certainly not saying, I, I don't know, uh, and the Democrat side who might fall in that category. 
On the Republican side, there are actually moral people trying to correct what is occurring in Washington. And before I start to tell you what Jim Jordan is doing and what the House is doing, I want to just give you just a, just a bird's eye view of why people are so concerned. We had, for example, a massive exercise of power um, out of the Department of Justice and the FBI targeted at the people who were in Washington on January 6, 2021. Massive power. I mean, literally, FBI breaking down front doors, physically breaking down front doors of nonviolent people, not lawbreakers, all around the country because they went to Washington on January 6 and entered the Capitol while the doors are being op held open by Capitol Police. If that doesn't sound like things we used to complain about and criticize about Stalin's Russia, about any time when fascists and leftists take power in countries, we used to know we don't do that in America. I mean, we don't just go after people because they're political enemies. So we had the FBI doing that. We had Department of Justice prosecuting people. And in Washington, D.C., where the entire jury pool is 94% is Democrat, so they've got an anti-Trump, anti-Republican jury pool. They have judiciary, members of the judiciary, judges, uh, very, very friendly to the uh, left. And we've had prosecutions of people. The one I mentioned so frequently is Simone Gold, who literally went to Washington, went over to the Capitol where the doors are being held open, went in, read her speech, which she was, had been asked to give that day at the Trump rally, but she didn't have a chance, walked out the end, and she spent, um, she spent time, it was supposed to be 60 days, she spent time in federal maximum security prison, some of it in solitary confinement. She actually got up to 46 days. But the point is, this is, this is nothing but a political prisoner. So DOJ, FBI, they're among the, the extreme uh, you know, organizations of extreme importance. Also, how the FBI handled the investigation um, of the whole non-existent Trump-Russia collusion. And how, we're going to talk about that a little more later because there has been one arrest of an FBI agent. But what I'm getting at here is it is way past time. It is ripe to have the Congress, the elected, responsive to the people, accountable to the people, branch of government, look closely what's happening at the executive branch. And we had, for example, the raid of Mar-a-Lago, which was just this, you know, you would have thought that there were you know, nuclear weapons being hidden there versus documents that President Trump had permission to have because he was the commander in chief, says he gave permission for them to be declassified, was cooperating, and still you had an FBI raid and this massive media tension and, and just pouring over in this hysterical headlines on and on. Well, now you have Joe Biden, which now we have, I think you've probably heard, uh, more documents uncovered in uh, uh, Joe Biden. So now we have Joe Biden, who has these documents from when he was vice president, which carries no right at all to declassify anything. So when he was vice president, some documents relating to China and Ukraine found in his office tied to China. We went over this the other day, and I can't go into detail again today, but the Penn Biden Center, funded by the Chinese communists, what's to worry about there, uh, top secret documents, documents he's not allowed to have at the Penn Biden Center, at his home, and his garage. And now we learned uh, a couple of days, yesterday, I think, uh, that Vice President Pence had classified documents at his home. And so, you know, this whole idea of the weaponizing of our government is a central concern, a central concern of millions and millions and millions and millions of Americans. People want to understand how could the FBI be 
breaking down the doors and arresting people and questioning people and threatening people over being in Washington on January 6, 2021. But virtually no one in Antifa, and by the way, did you know there are huge Antifa riots going on in Atlanta right now? I don't know if you knew that. I mean, the media, if you do, they, if you if they are decided Antifa is good guys, we can't be talking about them. So virtually no one's covering massive Antifa riots happening in Atlanta right now. And Black Lives Matter riots happening in Atlanta, both organizations funded by the Chinese Communist Party. But I digress. So back to what the House is doing. There's great concern on the part of millions of Americans. The IRS is being weaponized against the American people as it was admittedly, as it was without any uh, objection and any possibility of denying it uh, under the Obama era where they were trying to make sure Tea Parties couldn't get their 501c3 or c4, um, you know, um, uh, you know, status from the IRS. So you had IRS targeting conservatives. Now we have this IRS army funded by uh, legislation the Democrats pushed through and Biden signed, adding 89,000 new IRS agents to go after the American people. And you have to know, they're not going to go after the Democrats. People are very concerned. Our country is way past a country with the rule of law and blind justice. And we have the federal government weaponized against the American people which led Jim Jordan and the Republican majority to pass a resolution. Uh, and this is called, they're creating the subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. And I did this little intro to say, I'm very aware that there will be headlines every single time this, these committees or subcommittees have hearings, every time there's even conversation, uh, there will be um, there will be headlines and news flashes and columns and pundits hysterically saying, oh my gosh, look what happens with the Republicans in power. They're on a witch hunt. They're like a dog after a bone. They're like a feeding frenzy trying to bring down Biden. The fact is what we are watching happen to our country, it must be stopped now. It's urgent to stop it now. It's urgent to recognize now how far off the federal bureaucracies, the federal agencies are from their stated mission, from the mission we all agreed to as a country run with the consent of the governed to have the federal agencies enforce federal laws and not pick on one group of citizens over another. The American people can see this and the people who got the Republicans, the majority in Congress can really see this. So Jim Jordan has this committee rolling. He is a chair of the, of the Judiciary Committee. Um, and that was allegedly his reason. He didn't want to be speaker because he wanted to chair the Judiciary Committee. Um, and then they've now established this 118th Congress, a subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. And I want to just tell you briefly, because I printed out the resolution. Don't let any of the media headlines lure you into thinking, oh my gosh, it's just all political, it's a witch hunt, or all the things they'll say. It's very particular and very precise. It is saying it's going to have a committee, no more than 13 members, um, of whom not more than five are going to be uh, appointed by the minority, and you're going to have one um, chair. And the, the goal of the committee, I'm just going to read this. investigation and study and not later than January 2nd, 2025, issue a full report to the House of its findings. And it's supposed to go on specifically to look at the role of Article 2, which is the executive branch, Article 2 authority vested in the executive branch to collect information or otherwise investigate citizens. The question being, how much does the Constitution actually authorize the U.S. government and the executive branch and these agencies to just endlessly collect every bit of information about the American people. This, <coughs> excuse me, 
This goes beyond FBI and DOJ's NSA, there's CIA, I and mean, there are many agencies that the American people are concerned about. And this is saying, you know, look at the question, how much are they really allowed to do this? Um, and then also talks about how the executive branch, these agencies are doing this in collusion with or um, cooperation with the private sector. So is the government supposed to be collecting information from the private sector to assemble more and more information about you? And then how is it used? Um, how is the information used? I mean, they're really looking at the information gathering by these agencies, what is legitimately uh, collected by about the American people. And then um, they go on to, I mean, it's, it's very precise, the laws and programs and activities of the executive branch as they relate to the collection of information of citizens of the U.S. and the sources and methods used for collection of this information. So how are they collecting it all? I mean, they, everyone seems to recognize, you feel like you're spied on everywhere you go, you, you know, whether it's on your, by your cell phone, your television, your computer, what, what are they really authorized to do? These, these are really, really, really good questions. Uh, and how are they, or are they permitted to disseminate the information they gather and for what purpose? So it's a very specific, a very well-written document, a House resolution. And the first thing that uh, Jim Jordan, chair of the, of the Judiciary Committee, did was he sent a letter um, basically asking uh, the, the um, FBI, asking a DOJ, essentially, you know, what is it um, that you are doing to look into the Biden, the, the information that uh, involving uh, Joe Biden as vice president, having uh, taken classified documents out of the White House. He's had them, you know, since he was in the White House. So he ended his term at the very beginning of 2016, you end of 2015, that's when he's no longer VP. He's had these documents sitting around until they're recently released. So that was going to be the first line of inquiry of the Judiciary Committee. You know, FBI, what are you doing about this? How are you looking into it? So as you likely know, um, immediately when this controversy became public, um, the DOJ appointed, or it actually was Merrick Garland, the attorney general, appointed a special counsel, Robert Herr. And of course, all the fanfare that says, oh, this is so great, he's taking it seriously. Look at Merrick Garland, he's standing up, he's appointed this, except to say, just in case you didn't realize this, um, once he does that, everything, everything, related to Biden having retained, removed and retained classified documents, some top secret in, in locations he wasn't allowed to have them. Every bit of that is outside the reach, according to the DOJ, outside the reach of Congress's ability to subpoena because it's a matter under investigation. So the appointment of Robert Hur kind of actually was covering, it wasn't hurting Biden. It was covering for him, protecting him. So anyway, so uh, this letter has been written uh, by Jim Jordan and he got back. And by the way, I put these articles up. I think they're all up on our website, americacanwetalk.org. Um, but they're, you know, they got, they got a letter back and all the usual flowery, friendly, happy, professional sounding language um, from uh, the DOJ, a long letter to Jim Jordan. And I did put, I'm nearly positive I put this up on our website I do urge you to read the documents I'm talking about because I'm, I, all of what I say to you in the show is factual. It comes from documents uh, with, with reliable sources. So uh, this is a, a Department of Justice letter uh, written to Jim Jordan. Basically, it's all this happy, of course, we're going to cooperate in the spirit of cooperation, blah, blah, blah. You know, but they go on basically say, you know, I don't want to spend much time on it today, but they may go on to say, you know, of course, you know, we have to be uh, careful uh, if matters are under investigation. So basically, you're getting nothing about the Biden documents. Um, they are... Um, 
tell us way ahead of time what you want naturally because then we can cover ourselves. Uh, they didn't say that. I'm saying that. Um, they offer themselves for expertise to the committee. Oh, you might need us to come and help you. Um, but they basically are saying, we share your belief that congressional um, oversight is vital to the functioning democracy. And we are committed to cooperating with your, legit with your legitimate efforts. So not your legitimate efforts uh, to seek information. But they go on to say, we have to make a realistic evaluation of one another's needs. Um, we, can, we can make this process as efficient as possible by helping the department understand the scope of your interests, like why do you want to know? Um, and then, of course, uh, consistent with longstanding policy and practice, any oversight request must be weighed against the department's interest in protecting the integrity of its work. So basically, I mean, to shorten, allow me to shorten that, DOJ is telling Jim Jordan, we're not giving you anything. You can have a committee, you can subpoena us all day long, you can come after us, but we're not giving you anything because they're not acting like a committee committed to the rule of law. They're not acting that way. They're acting like a committee, like an organization that's just protecting their own, protecting their um, their president. And so they, some uh, writer called a cat and mouse game. It's more serious than that because, you know, the House doesn't, I'm, we're going to be talking with an expert on Thursday about what options the House has, but, you know, the House, you know, they have only a House majority, Republicans and Democrats will never help expose anything that Biden administration is doing. And the Senate still has, you know, barely, but has a Democrat majority. And so there was, there was a great piece out written, and it was at Conservative Treehouse, a website I strongly urge you to read, The Conservative Treehouse. But the piece that they had up that I linked on our website today at americacanwetalk.org on the homepage shows drop-down list of links, runs through some ideas about what the committee should do. And I thought they were kind of clever. Basically, we're saying this is the, the House Committee on Weaponization of the Federal Government against the American people. They're saying, you know, you uh, have to seek people more than documents because the, the, what the DOJ is telling you, they're not going to give you any documents. Subpoena people, give everyone immunity, except, except for perjury. So if people come and tell you, I'll tell you, we really did. As long as they tell, the, tell you the truth, they're forthcoming. No prosecutions. Be transparent. Get the word out there right away. When you have, when you learn something, you, the House uh, Committee on, on Weaponization of, of, of the Government Against the American People, get be public right away. If you discover something that occurred, one witness says, here's what happened, be public, be transparent, uh, be ready for attacks by the media. Understand the attacks will be overwhelming. They're going to be going after everyone they possibly can because I'll tell you folks why this matters so much. We really are at the point, as I've said in other shows, we're at the point of losing America the great, unique, and extraordinary. We're at the point where the bureaucracy, the behemoth of Washington, along with the leftist cabal that is overtaking the world, the, the, the Marxist ideology on the march around the world, is really at, at this time in Washington in charge of a lot. And they are causing the federal agencies to simply act in a way that's in the best interest of the leftist march toward power and not toward the American people. So this guy suggested witnesses, not documents, immunity, transparency, not secrecy, prepare for surveillance, expect leaks. Um, recognize many in your own party and in the, in the Republican Party uh, will not be on the side of those seeking information. So it's really kind of a, it's laying out some of the things to expect. I just think the whole effort of saying, we're actually going to have a transparent effort 
to, to look into the national security agencies, the intelligence agencies, and understand what's driving them, what are they collecting, what are they doing with it, what authority do they have to be doing with it? Because I think we're, we're at a point where, the, as you know, you probably read these polling, this polling too, the American people have lost faith in their government. They don't believe their government's really on their side anymore, and there's a lot of reasons they should think that. So much more on this to come, but I think it's an important thing to be watching. Uh, last topic, taking exactly 30 seconds. So in the entire time that the um, FBI was engaged in depositions and research and statements and, and the DOJ was going after everyone, even remotely connected to the Trump campaign, with the entirely fabricated Trump-Russia collusion, which finally, when um, Bob Mueller had to go in front of the American people after you know a two and a half years, I think it was, of investigation, and had to say, we have nothing. We have used all the resources at our hands. We've used everything the FBI has uncovered. There's not every everything the FBI can find. There's absolutely no basis for saying there was Trump-Russia collusion. There's no basis, no documents, zip, zero, nada, nothing. In fact, what they uncovered was at the CIA, John Brennan's own handwriting, aware that the entire Trump-Russia collusion had been cooked up by Hillary Clinton as a campaign stunt. That's what they discovered. Hooked up by Hillary, cooked up by Hillary Clinton as a campaign stunt, the, the, the smear to get Donald Trump. That's what they uncovered. And yet all the time, as it now has come to light for the American people, there was an arrest made of Charles McGonigal, a retired counterintelligence investigator from the FBI's New York field office who was part of investigating the non-existent Trump-Russia collusion. This guy, Charles McGonigal, was arrested for colluding with the Russians. During this whole time he's investigating Trump, he's taking money. He's taking money from a Russian uh, oligarch, some you know Russian, Russian diplomat, um, who was also arrested, uh, Sergei Shestkov, uh, arrested in Saturday, criminal charges. I, I mean, uh, Trump had some extremely, uh, I don't know what word to use, polite word, extremely, just, this is so outrageous. But just think about how that was. The whole time they're investigating Trump, they very early had to figure out, the FBI had to figure it out. There's nothing to this. Everyone we're talking to, there's no evidence of collusion. There's no evidence that Trump did any of this. And yet they kept it going as a political favor to the Biden team, in my opinion, a political favor to the Biden team, saying we're going to keep on going after Trump, we're going to smear his name, we're going to have headline after headline, and ignorant Americans who don't read and don't think and don't process information will probably think there's something there. And they got themselves to the point where they finally had to admit there was nothing. And, and you know, I, I actually kept thinking maybe that there would be some people, be some people on the... Um, you know, within the FBI who come forward at some point, some whistleblowers and say, actually, you know, there never was anything. We always knew there ever was anything. I kept hoping that would happen. Um, and apparently it obviously did not. But I still think, you know, you talk about the need to uncover the rot inside the FBI and the DOJ when you can have the entire Trump-Russia collusion hoax cooked up, investigated, you know, hours and hours of depositions, investigations and subpoenas came up with nothing, and not one person, those agencies, has come forward and said, actually, you know what? We knew early on there was nothing to it. That's what should have happened, and that maybe is still what will happen, but for now, the news is one individual, at least, investigating the Trump-Russia collusion farce 
was himself arrested uh, for taking money from and colluding with the Russians. Simply unbelievable. Okay, I close the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show today uh, talking about mass psychosis, lunacy, black consorted banished, female owner of an otherwise empty Florida restaurant kicks out Gianno Caldwell, a black man, Caldwell merely a patron, customer of a restaurant, not causing trouble, not being rude. He grew up in South Side of Chicago, lost a brother to random violence, reason given by the restaurant owner for kicking him out. Caldwell is a black conservative contributor to Fox News. Restaurant owner is uncomfortable with Caldwell's political uh, politics. Restaurant owner utterly desensitized and impervious to core American values of common decency, civility, and freedom of speech. A Jim Crow action based on political opinion. Caldwell incident underscores the deep hypnotic-like trance that has overtaken America. This incident should never occur anywhere in America. And on the mass psychosis lunacy and Patriot Mobile and Grapevine Police, Patriot Mobile gave Grapevine Police a gift certificate for pizza for the whole department. And they, uh, a Democrat group objected because uh, Patriot Mobile is allegedly a Christian nationalist, whatever that means, and, you know, they aren't part of that movement. Uh, and they donated to a school board races for candidates opposed the CRT and grooming. And the Grapevine Police took a knee in the words of the owner of Patriot Mobile, for the Democrats and apologize for accepting the gift. America is a Judeo-Christian nation, period, full stop. Nothing to apologize for. It's a fact. Millions of American parents are deeply opposed to CRT and sexual grooming of children. Why in the world would any American police department apologize for accepting a gift from anyone who supports these Christian values? Why can't Democrats donate their own gift instead of objecting to others. Left's hatred of America has always been about hatred of Christianity. Americans and their police departments need to wake up and defend their heritage. And the DOJ defying congressional investigation of what's next, Jim Jordan's House Judiciary Committee launching on various investigations in, into Biden's scandals, including classified documents, setting up subcommittee on weaponization of the federal government. I love the name of that committee, by the way. DOJ already responding to Jordan with blow-off letter, signaling no cooperation. Americans have lost all confidence in the integrity and the constitutional fidelity of every institution, including the DOJ, FBI, IRS, CIA, and the NSA. Deep state stonewalling must be overcome through public pressure and aggressively transparent actions by the House committee. Find and expose the truth and let the American people decide what to do. And on real Russia collusion by an FBI officer, FBI officer who led the Trump-Russia collusion investigation has been arrested for personally accepting money from a Russian oligarch for FBI favors. In other words, the utterly fraudulent and fabricated Russia collusion investigation of Trump was led by an FBI officer engaged in collusion with Russia for personal profit. This is peak hypocrisy and corruption inside the U.S. federal government, epitomizing the reason for Jim Jordan's House investigations. There's no way to salvage America's rotten to the core institutions. They must be defunded, disbanded, and only where essential, restarted. Americans must get behind Jim Jordan and his House investigations. The investigations must out the truth. Accountability and reform must follow. 
And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do this show to speak truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Talk truth about America. Can you hear us now?